Well, the political and media class is tittering this afternoon over the identity of the former Member of Parliament who's been accused of betraying Australia to foreign spies by ASIO boss Mike Burgess. Opposition leader Peter Dutton said it's a New South Wales Member of Parliament. But what crime was actually committed here? Perhaps none, since we don't yet know their name, nor have charges been laid. And what charges would apply anyway? What about your right to know? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Join the conversation, 0418 This text says, why does Burgess make this call just before the Dunkley by-election? Has anyone actually been charged or is this just an invitation for guesswork and muckraking? What is the due process here? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, this one, which I think is pretty insightful, most listeners will want to know if it's a Liberal or Labor politician before they decide if this deserves scrutiny or not. And this one too, I'm inclined to think this spy drama is a very convenient uh, time for the Liberal Party, just before the Dunkley by-election. It's quite an old story, actually, and anyone following politics would have a good idea of the identity of the politician involved. And uh, this one obviously goes to the idea that uh, this alleged conspiracy was running before 2018. So this is certainly not exactly new news. But as to the question of the legalities of this, Don Rothwell is a professor of international law at the ANU College of Law. Good to have you back, Don. Thanks, Andy. How exceptional are these revelations by Mike Burgess? I mean, as one texter says, it has a slight uh, kind of connotation of McCarthyism, this sort of idea that uh, you can call someone out but not entirely call them out. Look, to a degree, I, I endorse that sort of uh, perspective. Um, for a start, we need to acknowledge that uh, it's only really been in the last few years that uh, ASIO and particularly Mike Burgess has had this sort of level of public visibility in terms of these annual statements and updates. And then to make this sort of revelation in relation to a former Member of Parliament uh, is just truly exceptional. Uh, of course, it's not unusual that from time to time ASIO or especially now the AFP might reveal that certain investigations uh, are taking place and of course charges might relate to those matters. But given all of that context, um, this particular type of revelation, um, especially given the, the way in which the foreign interference legislation was passed through the parliament by the Turnbull government in 2018 and 2019 and all of the uh, the legal and political controversies around that, to see that now revived is really quite unusual. You've pointed out today that Australia doesn't recognise the criminal offence of traitor, which has a, a special meaning during war times. Just explain what you mean. Well, the term traitor is one that is fairly commonly understood, but it has a very particular meaning in terms of the way in which during a declared armed conflict between two states, um, someone who is a national or particularly a member of the armed forces of one of those countries involved in that conflict uh, engages in acts which really betray to the enemy a, a range of uh, intelligence and information and conduct which is really prejudicial to the way in which that conflict is conducted. Um, so it's something that we were certainly familiar with in Australia during World War II, but it's certainly not something that at the moment is reflected in Australian criminal law. You referenced the foreign uh, interference laws that they were introduced into late 2018. <coughs> How relevant would these laws be in this case? Well, it, it certainly means that for any acts that have occurred really since those laws became operative in late 2018, um, well, then there could be charges laid uh, against Australian nationals who might potentially have 
been involved in conduct which in particular supports the intelligence activities of a foreign government. And I think the statements by Mark Burgess make it clear that the individual in question may well have been engaging in those types of activities, but they're really being saved from a prosecution uh, because that law wasn't operative at the time that uh, this conduct was occurring. So basically, what you've extrapolated from Mike Burgess's comments last night is that ASIO has pursued an investigation against this individual and decided that there was no possibility of bringing a case against them. Do you think it's appropriate that uh, perhaps frustrations spill over in this public sense from a leader like ASIO's Mike Burgess? I think it's appropriate that intelligence leaders like Mike Burgess and others in significant positions within the Australian government um, do from time to time um, alert the Australian public to the risks and threats posed by foreign governments and their operations within Australia. As I said, we had a lot of debate and discussion about these types of issues uh, just immediately before the pandemic commenced. So 2018, 2019, early 2020, there was a lot of focal attention to this. Um, in recent years, it's dissipated a little bit. But certainly on the basis of the speech that Mike Burgess gave last night, I think he's making very clear that there is threats have not gone away, that there are major focus of attention for ASIO. And he's really just bringing to the attention of the Australian public that everyone needs to be concerned about these issues, whether you're the ordinary citizen walking up and down Pitt Street or, or you're a member of parliament. Of course, Don, there is the law of the land and then there's politics. Uh, I suppose I'm kind of unintentionally blending the two here, but obviously certain individuals have come out today demanding that this person be named and shamed. I'll be talking to uh, Senator James Patterson after five o'clock about his stance on this and I'll give you a clue. It sort of differs differs from uh, his leader, Peter Dutton's position. But what are the legal implications of this? Presumably their identity could be revealed under parliamentary privilege if a government uh, MP was so willing. That's true. And, and indeed, there have been some suggestions today that that occur. And so it, it is entirely possible that the, the relevant minister or even the prime minister could make a statement uh, in the parliament. Um, that, of course, would then raise not only legal issues in terms of any consequences for that individual um, in terms of uh, th their status in the community and legal consequences arising from that. But of course, as you were alluding to, there would be significant political consequences because one would have to assume that there's a high likelihood that that individual would be a member of one of the major political parties. I mean, th does the public have a right to know or should we accept that this person no longer poses a threat to national security? The, the very fact that Mike Burgess has come out may indicate that latter statement and, you know, and perhaps we should be satisfied that ASIO is doing their job as far as it is contained in this story. I, I, I very much would take that position. Um, I, I think the view is, is that ASIO has clearly investigated this ca this case thoroughly uh, they no doubt would have consulted with the Australian Federal Police as to whether a prosecution brief could have been put together. Obviously, a decision has been made that no prosecution uh, will be occurring. So uh, this naming approach has been determined as, as really the best way forward. Um, but obviously, the individual in question it would be well aware of the fact uh, that uh, ASIO is conscious of the activities. They've no doubt been warned about their activities and no doubt they will remain under surveillance as a result of that. So the likelihood of this person 
engaging in any of these activities, which would be a threat to Australia under Australia's current legal framework, I think is very low. I've tried to sort of stay out of the tackiness of the guessing games here because obviously that's prejudicial uh, in the strictest sense of the, the term. But the the idea about the person's identity, do you think that this will play out in the sense the person will eventually uh, have to own up to it? Or do you think we have to wait for the release of the cabinet papers in about, what, 2044 to, to, to learn that name? Look, I think it's probably more going to be the latter. Um, I, I don't really necessarily see why there would be a strong incentive at the moment for a former politician who no doubt has resumed their life in the community and whatever guys that they're taking to uh, suddenly reveal themselves as being the person who's been subject to this ASIO investigation. Um, if there's an acceptance, as I said, that ASIO has done its job here, that there's nothing really further to see here, well, then why would the individual name themselves in the matter that you're suggesting? And, and we need to acknowledge that there are many circumstances that occur on a daily basis where uh, the police forces and the security forces undertake investigations into all sorts of matters and ultimately no charges are pressed. Don Rothwell is a professor of international law at the ANU College of Law. Good to talk to you. Thanks for your time this afternoon. You're welcome. Bye now. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.